Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're discussing the fifth generation of video game consoles and our favorite games on them. I'm your host, Michael, and John's on the other side. I am here. I, I, I don't think I'm the host. You're the host too, so we're co-hosts. <laughs> but I guess it's because I do the intro. Um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Alright, well I'm barely here mentally apparently because this is take three or four. <laughs> so, alright, so we're combining all of this into a top 20. We're not separating it by console, which I think we've only done once before. Um, right? It's like I think we did yeah, it with Nintendo yeah, and... Genesis. No, that's what I did. That's what I ended up doing with uh, the Saturn, uh, not Saturn, but Genesis and Super Nintendo. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so this yeah. is just twenty, and then we will discuss the ones that almost made the list. So uh, you want to go first? I will take this one. All right, so my first one, and in a way, I think these ones actually are in my favorite to least favorite. Okay, I just I just rolled 20. random, yeah. Because. Uh, first one is Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, which is, it's a remake of the Lunar game for the Sega CD, but this version's expanded, story beats are tweaked, you know, here and there, the animation's better, it, there's, there's like 10 minutes of animation in the original game, and there's almost an hour of animated cutscenes in this version. Now, is it, better. when the original version, was it actually animated, or was it just like, you know, still screens kind of... It was it was animated, but it was very limited with what they could do because the Sega CD did not have that great thing. Okay. But there was animation, you know, and it was also outsourced to another company, whereas the original game was in-house animation. I mean, I'll say this: Lunar, it's it's still fairly standard fantasy RPG, JRPG stuff, but this has a, a it still has a great engaging story. The music's on point. It's it just it's a blast, and I love this game so much. I do have on my emulator the Sega CD, so I wonder if that's part of the package or not. I should try. It's it's definitely worth it. Even even the Sega CD one, it's still a great game. I just because they this is like the director's cut version of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil 2, you know, a sequel that definitely improves on every aspect of the original and then some. You know, what's cool about it was you had the, the game was on two different discs, where each disc was actually the story of a different protagonist. You had Claire and uh, and Leon, and what's cool about it was you play through one, you know, put in one disc, you play it, you play in the second disc, and you're seeing the second, the the same story but from the other character's perspective and then if you say you you know play the other character as your lead character now that while the story beats are the same they're also totally different so they are you're technically playing four different games in resident evil 2 okay yeah i've only ever played the first one so well no 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 i played four as well this is of of these games. This I think is my favorite one, hands down. I think it's the best of the franchise. It it's nonsense, like all the other Resident Evils, but it's a little bit more focused than the original one, and not weird actiony bullshit that the franchise kind of went off to. And granted, the new ones are first person horror games at this point, but I don't know. I can't get into those as much. Uh, see, my next one is Rage Racer. Uh, basically, it's Rage Racer Three. It's my favorite. Uh, you basically can, as you win races, you earn credits that can be used to upgrade your cars. 
Uh, the game looks a lot more realistic. You know, granted, this is PS, uh, PS1 uh, thing, so realistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quotes. But uh, it was still, at this time, you're starting to move towards simulation racers, like Gran Turismo and stuff, and this was maintained that awesome arcade feel. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is my next one. PlayStation really was the system of these games that kind of changed the concept of what a video game could be, really. And, I mean, we had, there were some cinematic style games, but this one, you start feeling like you were playing a movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's such an incredible thing. And it's, seriously, you're playing the most bonkers movie ever. And... (laughs) And as insane as this franchise went, this is this is probably the most normal game of the series. Uh, let's see, my I think my only no no I think I do have another sixty four game, but Goldeneye for sixty four yeah required one of the, yeah one of the few games that from the N sixty four actually like I was shit at it yeah I uh, hate you know, the N sixty four and I did but I was pretty good at Goldeneye for some reason which I'm usually not but this is. This is that party game that made the system, the one that everybody played in the dorms. This was for the older ones, you know, not not like the Mario platformer kind of stuff. This is for like older kids. Yeah, the four player co op. Oh, not co op, but four player death matches. It, it was it was fun. Even if I wasn't good at it, I had a great time. Uh, let's see, my next one, Xeno Gears. It's this uh, JRPG that actually almost didn't get a U.S. release because, well, you effectively have to go out and kill God. Or at least a god, but uh, it, it's this really twisted uh, RPG. You uh, very philosophical and religious oriented. Obviously, killing God is part of it. Uh, you actually had not only uh, cool combos and stuff, where you actually, as you're fighting, can uh, you build these combos from effectively like uh, your power meter. Gave, tells you how much uh, attacks you can do because each attack costs a different amount. So it's like, okay, yeah, two strong attacks, or you can do, you know, one one medium, one strong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it uh, even had these mechs that you could fight in, and you had a tactical thought around it because you actually had to. Uh, you basically have fuel that you're using, and if you you know, if you get hit, your fuel goes down. If an uh, enemy hits you in your fuel thing, your fuel goes down. And as you do attacks, your fuel goes down. So you kind of have to think as, you know, what attacks are worth it to defeat your enemy. It's a, it was a really interesting game. Uh, Grandia is my next one. It's from the same people who made Lunar. It's another great one. I had tons of fun. I don't have a ton of notes on it. It's just, it's a blast. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Let's see. Einhander. It's uh, this two and a half D uh, side-scrolling shooter. It's kind of like Gradius or R-Type. But uh, as you play, camera angles will change on you. Okay. So so you'd be like, you know, oh, we're doing side-scrolling. Okay, now you're uh, in the back of the ship and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it also has some of the best uh, electronic music ever. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, that I played that one. That was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's nothing yeah. new, I guess, to tell anybody. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's technically. I think this really was the first Metroidvania that I really, and pardon the pun, sunk my teeth into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
but uh, you know, I'll. This is also again another game where the music is fantastic. It's stuff that you can just listen to outside of playing a game, and this really seems to be a theme around a lot of music, especially on the PlayStation. Uh, Cocker's uh, Bad Fur Day. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna bring that one up. Yeah. A, goddamn another pun, a rare thing for Nintendo, a rated R game. You know, it's filthy, but it's very funny. Uh, yeah, and, I've never uh, played it. I've only ever seen videos of it. Oh, uh, well, one thing is, it's got a lot of movie references that date it completely, and even the it dated it when it came out, because there's like an alien reference, there's Matrix references, it's, it's a thing, but, uh, you know... It's a story about a foul-mouthed squirrel with a hangover just trying to get to his girlfriend's place and then all the shit, literally at some moments, uh, <laughs> that he has to get into. Yeah, does he deal with? All right, uh, Final Fantasy VII made my list. Game that I have a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> yeah, why, why is I, that? I Okay, I played the ever-living shit of this game. And I mean this. I broke the money the money system. I broke the clock. Every character had Master Materia. If you understand what these words mean, then you I think you kind of understand that, yes, I I played the hell out of this. It's a shitty story. It really is. It's a game that has beautiful moments. Uh, the, the, ma- the magic system, the, the Materia system is great. Music's wonderful. But it does not hold up, especially coming off of Final Fantasy VI, which has, you know, brilliant story along with everything else. This one is just, oh, the our villain is going to summon a giant meteor because, and you never, and I guess some of that's lost in translation. Oh, okay, but, I was wondering. But it does not, it, the story just becomes meaningless drivel, and it was... Very, it was a huge game, so every you know, quote unquote, everybody loves this one, and so it's exploded in the in threat, you know, in the media, and there's all kinds of spinoffs and shit, and they can't make that. I'll use this phrase: you can't polish a fucking turd. Right? <laughs> it's you can't make this nonsense story good by making more sequels and shit. <laughs> ah, but then again. Such great music, such great, you know, such great moments. Uh, Tomb Raider 2 is also on my list. Okay. You know, yeah, it's a more robust version of Tomb Raider. A lot more variety in levels. The Venice level in particular is my favorite. A uh, little, little less exploration, a little more action. But it's definitely, I think, of those original games, I think this one is the best one. Uh, I got Colony Wars which is the last space combat simulation game that I played that I liked. Yeah, I don't know that and, one. Oh, it's, it's very much in the Wing Commander vein okay. of stuff. And I mean, it, it, Colony Wars, it, the name tells you what the plot is. Uh, what's kind of nice is it did ha- the game has multiple paths you can go on based around how well you do on missions. So you do have multiple endings to get regard you know depending on how good or how much you suck at it <laughs> let's see there's parasite eve little horror rpg you know not a common thing again with the great music uh, also has a little bit of a tactical uh, flair to it 
because uh, you're able to move around on the battlefield and every all the enemies and yourself you can see the range that your attacks have so you can find a way to get your character out of range just enough to uh, to avoid them hitting you but also hitting your opponents at the same time it's also a weird fucking story about the mitochondria evolving to a point that it's uh, basically uh, revolting against humanity okay weird yeah it's like based off a book or something book or a movie uh, Final Fantasy Tactics uh, tactical RPG uh, from the guy who created the Ogre Battle series which I know I mentioned uh, with uh, Super Nintendo okay uh, high fantasy conflict you know two noble factions blah 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 it's cool because it you know multi-layered 3D battlefields that you can fight in and it's you know it's a tactics game it's a chess match uh, Wipeout yeah I definitely played that one yeah, that one is a, is a blast. Um, everyone, go and go to watch Hackers, and you can see people playing it. <laughs> it's it's F Zero, but less cartoony. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a blast. Uh, Silent Hill, the Clive Barker to Resident Evil's George Romero. Okay, yeah, yeah. This this uh, game, especially this first one, is really fucked up and disturbing. <laughs> I mean, I've never oh, seen those movies. Are they good? The first one's okay. Uh, it's, it did have the same problem that the Thing reboot prequel thing had, where they had practical suits, and then they went and overdubbed everything with CG. Oh, uh, okay. So that kind of hurt it. But yeah, the movie is somewhat a remake of the game. There's changes. Uh, but I think one of the best parts of this is that shift from the shitty foggy Silent Hill to the urban hell version of Silent Hill. Every time that happens, you just start freak. you know, you start going, oh god, shit's gonna go bad. <laughs> See, I've got Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It's like, I don't give a shit about skateboarding. I know, right? Amazing. I mean, I know I like skateboarding too, but I can't do it. I cannot even get it on a board, but yet I'm fascinated by this game. This, this was so much fun it's so so well constructed and that remake does the does the thing that you want a game to do which is make make you think that you're playing the game that you had played in the past it feels right even though they fixed everything about this game yeah do you think that the game is responsible in any way with that new boom <laughs> in the whole extreme games or it's just timing was just right like, oh, timing was, timing was 100% okay. right, because, again, Tony Hawk became a name because of stuff like extreme, all the extreme games and but stuff. But it seemed like, you know, it was in movies again, and the X Games took off. It just felt like there was something in the air that was really like, okay, it's time for this. But it wasn't just skateboarding. All of it took off. I mean, you're going to see, because on my list, I have a few of these games as well that are, they're in the vein, but they're just a di like bikes and stuff like that. So it's the same, like, um, engine. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is we started getting the X Games. Everything. It was the 90s. It was extreme. Extreme. Uh, let's see. Uh, my next one, Final Fantasy VIII. You know, uh, I think this has a much better story than Seven. The magic, uh, the magic system is interesting because you're drawing it from creatures. Oh, yeah. I did write a basic thing. The story of this is basically centered around you're a bunch of child soldiers. Because, oh yeah, you go, you're going to school. 
to be a mercenary. Great. Yeah, you're child soldiers. I never thought about it when I was younger playing this game, but wow, yeah, that's a that's a concept. I mean, they're a, a quote unquote adult or older teenagers, but what you know, same. I'm splitting hairs at that. Yeah, point. yeah. It's like uh, it's like the Hunger Games. It's like, yeah, no, you're not adults. Stop it. Yeah, but it it definitely is. I I think in a lot of ways this is better than seven. But at the same time, it's it still has the the shitty uh, silent, fairly silent protagonist syndrome where Squall's just a dick. He's not likable in any way, and that's the same problem with uh, Cloud from Seven. He's a dick and not likable in any way. Uh, my final one is Twisted Metal Two, dude. You get to blow up famous landmarks. That's that. That's all I. I don't. It's a fun car combat game, but uh, yeah, shoot a missile out into the background. And, oops! There goes the Hollywood sign. <laughs> you drive it around in Paris, and you're uh, in the Eiffel Tower. If, if I remember right, you get to blow the shit out of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> Apparently, I never played that one because I don't remember that. I only played the first one, I believe. You know, it's it is a lot more fun than the first one, but not that much different either. Yeah, I think I would have remembered that though. That would that's pretty cool. But all right, so what's yours? All right, kids, I can't believe we were through twenty already. Really? Yeah. Bananas. Um. All right, so I start off with the Sega Saturn. I have Scud, the disposable assassin. God damn, it's so much fun. If you ever read the game, you would be questioning how it's possible to take a comic book that was clearly written by lunatics. And turn into a, a coherent video game, and yet somehow they did it. And I'll say this: don't get the PC version. It's fucking stupid. It's like a strategy game. It's nowhere nearly as fun. You're doing like John Woo slides with two guns under like barriers and stuff like that, and taking out the bad guys. And it's darkly uh, humorous, just like the comic book. I mean, it doesn't go to the extremes as the comic book because if you read it, you know it's out of its fucking mind. But it's a lot of fun, and I wish I could get it again without having to actually buy an old Sega Saturn. Never played it. I do know of Scud, but I've never played this. The uh, the other one that was on Sega Saturn is Panzer Dragoon. I mean, come on. What a great, innovative shooter. It's like, it's a rail shooter, right? I guess, technically? Yeah. 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 I, it did not make my list, but it was close to it. Okay. Um, Nights into Dreams was another one. A lot of these I got to play uh, when, when you go to Toys R Us. And they had the little display TV back when they used to do that kind of thing. Um, I, I honestly don't know if I've ever actually played Nights into Dreams not at Toys R Us because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> it's, it is fun. I, I will give it that. Uh, I, I know I, I, I definitely know I talked about it on the show proper. Uh, it is, it is a blast. It, it's a blast of the game. It's from Sonic Team. They, they had a good idea. Sadly, it just never became the franchise they wanted it to. Yeah, it's so weird. Both of them barely sold well. Which, they're the best things, I think, on the whole system. It's just shocking to me that it's like, yeah, I guess the franchise is dead in the water. I guess we have to go, you know, milk Sonic for one more run. <laughs> it's constantly milking it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Okay, so the only uh, handheld game I have, and it's not solely for this system, but there's a reason why I chose it. Uh, the Neo Geo Pocket was a system that 
came out at the very end of this generation and flew, flew into the next generation. So I wasn't sure where to put it because it was originally a black and white and then later they came out with the Neo Geo uh, Color Pocket. And um, that's the one that this was on, so I might be cheating a little bit. But uh, Pac-Man on that system is the best controller you'll ever get for the home system. It, it Hands down, the best. I don't care what... Uh, like even like the PS2 and the N64, those controllers are nowhere nearly as innovative and well uh, designed as the Neo Geo Pocket. And it's always a shame the system didn't sell, but they couldn't get any third party at all. So it was just their stuff, and it was usually like shortened, you know, lower grade versions of like Metal Slug and Samurai Showdown. Well, also they sold it for so much too. Well, no, not well. Here's the thing: is I what I got it, it was. Um, after its initial run, and they had bundled it into a package for $99, where it was the system, and I shit you not, with six games. And then they would have other packages of six games. Actually, no, I think the original one came with four, and then the, the packages uh, other than that came with six. And they were like $49.99 or something like that. So I got like nearly every game, and I played the fucking shit out of it, but then I lost my job, and I had to sell it, and now it's impossible to get for a good price. Yeah. Well, they did have a uh, little portable plug-in uh, no, oh, Neo thing. It's a, a two-inch screen. Fuck that shit. This is a big, nice screen or whatever for a handheld, and I don't want that little... It's not... I guess I could get a controller, but it's not very ergonomical. Yeah. But yeah, it's like... I've never played this version of it. I, I never knew anyone who had Neo Geo. Yeah, it's just one of these things where I got curious about it, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I was like, oh my god, this plays like it does in the arcade! <laughs> um, the N64, the, I think the only entry I have for N64 was exclusively theirs, uh, is GoldenEye, and we already discussed that one, seriously, just hours on end playing this game. Um, and everything else, I believe, is PS1. Uh, ESP Extreme Games was, I think, the very first game that my best friend got on the PS1, and we played it nonstop. Most of these games are uh, college games that we played in the dorm against each other. Um, uh, Armored Core, what a great oh, franchise. God, that's, that's such a great game. I love designing the robots. It's kind of like an early version of BattleBots, <laughs> except it's more you know fantastical, where you're just like, okay, I'm adding this and this and this and this. Okay, I got the perfect robot. Oh, I died in five seconds because my friend is better at this. <laughs> um, I have Army Men 3D. I don't know if anybody remembers this game, but I had a lot of fun. It's kind of like Lemmings in a, in a weird way. Like, it's, it's design. They had, a, they had a bunch of them. That was a big franchise. Was it? Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, another obscure one is Blasto, a platformer with kind of like cheesy Flash Gordon, uh, Marvin the Martian kind of graphics, and the main character is a big idiot, a machismo guy, voiced by uh, Phil Harvin. I remember this mainly because of a demo disc that it was on. Okay. Um... I don't think I ever finished it though. It is it's a little hard. It, it's the closest thing I would say this system's version of like Earthworm Jim with that kind of tone and design. Yeah, oh definitely. Uh I have Crash Bandicoot. Uh one of the this is like towards the end of the mascots. I feel like it it's only gonna go for a few more years where it's like this style of game. Where they you know, everybody tried to have their Mario. Well they did well, this uh Sony did have another at least 
two yeah they did have two kind of mascot e games on playstation 2 but oh no three but yeah this this was their mascot for such a long time though yeah. I love the commercials where he would sit outside Nintendo headquarters with his little speakerphone, whatever, and like mocking him. <laughs> the uh, I think what the other one they had, I don't remember if it was this or if Sly Cooper. I think it was on the PS2. Um, I think that's the last of their attempts at a mascot. Well, you had that. You had Jack and Daxter. Oh, and, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what those are later. And Reggie and Clank. That was it. Okay. Um, where am I at here? Uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX. <laughs> Uh, there's two at the same time, uh, Dave Mears Freestyle BMX, but the Matt Hoffman game I think was better designed because it was from the Tony Hawk team. Yeah, I definitely played the Matt, the Matt Hoffman one. I think it was one that sold better too, I mean, Nick Kimmer, but they really like, it's like, well, let's just take everything that works with, uh, Tony Hawk and let's just make it work with this. Whereas Dave Mira almost felt like it was close, but just not right. Don't know. I don't know on that one, but yeah, I know this. As you said, this was the age of of the extreme sports. Yeah. So so many of these games kept popping up. Uh, speaking of uh, Destruction Derby, oh, yeah, so many of these are somehow extreme sports oriented. It's so because the previous generation they were obsessed with getting the perfect football, hockey, soccer, baseball, and now it's like that weird gap where they're not that interested anymore. Well, they kept releasing them, and there's they were, but every I, single I, year. I feel like the sales weren't as big as they would be on the... The, the generation after this is where it seems like it picked up again. Yeah, I, having not been that kind of person, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, I, there was definitely, every single year, there were multiple sports games. You know, the NHL, NCAA, NFL, NFL I don't, Yeah, and of course Madden, like crazy. They was obsessed with Madden. Yeah. Um, I have Jet Moto, uh, just a lot of fun a racing game on you know jet skis. The uh, yeah. let's see. go ahead, sorry. Oh, that's like that one definitely was a blast. Same thing with Wave Racer on the sixty four. Um, I have one here, and I I feel like I played it on a previous system, but this is like an updated version. I could be wrong. Road Rash. There was yeah, it, that was on the Genesis, and then they ported it to. A few other okay because I like, thought it looked it played it and in, in, uh, uh, looked better on uh, the next system than it did on the Genesis. Yeah, it was basically like I think they went to the Saturn and then it went to PlayStation and, and the like. So like a, it was just an up a upgraded version of it. Um, I, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I think I have it right. It was Marvel Superheroes versus Capcom, and it was Clash. Uh, I feel like I cut off half the title for some reason. Clash of Titans or something like that. Yeah, uh, or Clash of Heroes. Clash of Heroes, thank you. Um, just the idea that you could combine those together. And there's the, you know, was it Children of the Atom was really great. Um, and there's a couple others in here that were really fantastic. But this is the one where if you love both franchises, it just so insanely well designed. I played this one in the arcade and the home. Oh, yeah. And that's, that was the thing. is That became the precursor to Marvel vs. Capcom. Which then became the precursor to Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is the best one of yeah. all those. Um, Oddworld, uh, uh, Abe's Odyssey, of so unique in its design. I mean, it's a platformer, but there's something so about the world building and the characters and how you played it. The only thing I have as a bad memory is uh, for two days straight, my roommate would not quit. He just wouldn't even take a break. He could not get past this one level. 
and I just kept hearing the same thing over and over. Whatever, and it drove me insane. I had to leave. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of a Lemmings-like in a way, because as Abe, you were having to control you know, you, the creatures in, your envir- in these environments in order to get your, your little friends uh, to the exit so they yeah, can yeah. actually get away. And it was... It was fun, but it was also such a pain in the ass because Abe controlled like a brick. <laughs> I, I love the cutscenes too. It was kind of a leap forward in, in design, I think, animation design. That's what people mostly talked about. Is like this looks different, like then like the same way that we had with Diddy Kong, like that next level of graphics. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a fascinating game, and the the final franchise never really figured out what it wanted to be yeah which is kind of a shame uh the next one is another mascot from uh playstation rayman which is just as silly and so much fun uh i would say crash is a little more playable i I like repeatability but uh rayman's a lot of fun and i think is this still around or they ditch this for a character it's not around but it's still around uh the it kind of they they have really great ones that came out back on PS3 and I think it's just PS3 uh, but up, but like an upgraded version you can get on 4 yeah I was going to say I think they did a remastered if I remember correctly but uh, the it ended up having a spin-off series called The Raving Rabbids oh yes yes are, I remember that yeah and those are kind of kicking around um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater which you already mentioned and the first Twisted Metal and that's my 20 yeah, Twisted Metal. Like I said, that first one's a lot of fun, too. Have you seen the show yet? I have not. Okay, I'm curious if it's any good. Um, what didn't make your list, but almost? All right. Uh, I did mention that I almost had uh, uh, Panzer Dragoon, but uh, Radiant Silver Gun, which is was my first bullet hell shooter. Okay. It's, it's impossible, but it's so much fun still. Uh, Rival Schools. Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. The first Tomb Raider. Blood Omen, The Legacy of Kane, Bushido Blade. And Fear Effect. I, I feel like Legacy of Kane was pushed on the back of the comic books all the time. I mean, yeah. uh, definitely the sequel was. I okay. don't remember if the first one was, but the sequel definitely, because everyone wanted Soul Reaver. Because, oh yeah, look at look at the dude. He's so badass. He's <laughs> got the he's got the mask over his face because he has like no bottom. He has no bottom jaw. Or whatever. He's Chamber from the X Men. Yeah. Oh God, Chamber. That's a reference that hasn't been brought up in forever. <laughs> the um the ones that or were you done? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's it, that's it. Okay, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Dave Mira almost made it, Children of the Atom almost made it, Spyro, the third, I think the only other major character they were trying to push at PS1. Um, Evil Dead, Hail to the King. God damn it, that movie, that game was, almost made the list. It, it makes me fucking jump. <sighs> I was thinking about that game. I was thinking about that. But God damn dead eyes hopping out of the ground. You make me poop my <laughs> pants. <laughs> and then Front Mission is the last one. Okay. All right, so that's the end of this episode, everybody. Uh, we'll be back with the next generation as soon as possible. See ya.